0: that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Lindsay Herrera was born and raised in Modesto, California, and now teaches elementary music for the Modesto City Schools. She holds a bachelor music degree in trumpet performance from the University of the Pacific, and a Master of Music degree in trumpet performance from San Francisco State University. She is a member of the Stanislaus County Music Educators Association, as well as the Music Teachers Association of California. In addition to teaching elementary music, she is a freelance musician and teaches private trumpet lessons. Her students have participated in Certificate of Merit as well as honor ensembles at the county, and state levels. So this week, I am very pleased to welcome to the podcast, Lindsay Herrera, who teaches at three different elementary schools in Modesto, California. Lindsay, uh, you come very highly recommended by my good friend and uh, fellow Music First uh, staff member, uh, Marjorie Lepresti. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you.
1: Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure to be here today.
0: Great, so um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, I believe you may be the first, maybe the first uh, teacher from California um, that I've interviewed on the podcast, so I'm really excited. So tell us like your musical path from, you know, your childhood to where you are today so everybody can get to know you a little better.
1: All right, well, I think my passion for music began, I was about three years old. my parents had enrolled me in Suzuki piano. Um, And, you know, in addition to playing piano, I'd found this plastic toy trumpet. And my dad still has this video of me, you know, blowing on this toy trumpet. (laughs) (laughs) And about fourth, fifth grade, I started taking private trumpet lessons. Uh, Really loved it. Um, Was gigging and playing all through high school and uh, decided I wanted to major in music performance for college. Uh, And so I kind of got into music education in a different way than most people. Um, My background is actually in uh, music performance. So my bachelor's and my master's are both in performance. Um, But, you know, I was really driven to come back to Modesto, uh, where I was born and raised, got family here, strong ties to the community. Um, And so after graduate school. i went to san francisco state by the way Um, so my undergrad was at university of the pacific up in stockton uh studied with lenny ott and then uh, went to san francisco state to pursue uh, my master's with adam luffman was my private teacher there um and so after graduating you know uh, i decided i wanted to come back home for some various reasons with my family um and i found my way to the working at the Modesto Symphony as a music librarian and then eventually became their education coordinator. And uh, while I was working at the Modesto Symphony, uh, I started doing a lot of education field work. So I was leading their instrument petting zoos, um, coordinating their link up program uh, and doing a lot of work in the classroom, visiting classrooms and working with teachers pretty closely. Uh, And so through those experiences, um, I decided to pursue music education Um, And not having a background in or degree in music ed, at least, uh, I had to go through an alternative route. So I took the CSET for music, um, as well as a a test called the assessment of prior knowledge um, and was able to obtain my intern credential from the uh, CTC Um, interned for a year. And then this is now my this will be my fourth or fifth year uh, as a credentialed teacher. So now I'm teaching band strings uh grades four through six um in the community that i grew up in so
0: that's oh wow well.
1: home and uh, giving back
0: so you're in three elementary schools there correct so why don't you give a shout out to the name of them in case any of your students listen to this
1: sure i'm at uh fremont elementary garrison elementary and john muir elementary school so if any students and- Hello.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And for those of us, like I'm a New Yorker, Modesto is up in Northern California, correct?
1: Correct. We're in the Central Valley. So uh, about an hour and a half or so south of Sacramento.
0: Okay. Got it. So north of Bakersfield?
1: Correct. North of Bakersfield, south of Sacramento.
0: (laughs) Got it. Very good. Um, And uh, so, That's very cool. So you were involved in the Carnegie Hall Link Up program. I know that they partner with like over maybe a hundred symphonies to bring those kind of education programs. And was it your interaction with the kids that was like, hey, I might want to do this?
1: Yeah, you know, it was just seeing that initial spark when a a student hears music for the first time or hears a concert for the first time. Um, You know, for so many of the kids, when they go to that we have the concerts at the Gallo Center uh, which is our big you know performing arts venue here in Modesto and uh, so many students you know have never had that opportunity and so just to see their face light up when they get into the symphony hall um, or if you're doing an instrument petting zoo and you know they get to make the first sounds on a trumpet it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah so and I'm sure that um, you know the, the whole it, it's it's wonderful that you are a female trumpet player. Uh, I'm sure that you inspire many of the kids. Or I, I like how many female trumpet players do you now have in your elementary school band
1: actually I, I get quite a few um, female trumpet players in my elementary school band and you know a lot of boys that play flute too so awesome I try to make it very much you pick the instrument that you want there are no boundaries here
0: yeah I know it's a um it's one of those things one of my professors that i I, I went I did my graduate work at teachers college and one of my professors, Hal Ables was really cutting-edge uh, gender studies with instruments, and was basically baffled why there were these kind of um, preconceived notions of what gender should play what instrument. So it's really wonderful, um, and, and I'm glad you're uh, you're getting kids. It doesn't matter uh, who you are; <laughs> you just want to make music. Here's an instrument. That's that's a great a great. So why don't you talk about your um your program? Like, what is your daily Let's forget about COVID at the moment and and think like what what does your like weekly schedule look like? You know, in three different elementary schools. I started my career in in multiple schools, and you never really feel like you're a part. You know, a really uh, <laughs> like I never got to be super friendly with any of the teachers because I was constantly you know like who is this person in the teachers' room? Um, but yeah, why don't you t- why don't you describe your um, your program?
1: I mean, in a non-COVID year, you know, I'm split between the three sites and you're absolutely right. You know, it's a challenge to really develop relationships when you're spread at three different sites. But, you know, I think music is an important part of the school community. Absolutely. Um, And at all of my sites, you know, um, I would have kids coming in my room at lunch and just to visit, hang out, play their instrument. You know, we don't have that now so much with COVID, but, um, you know, I do think that it is part of the school culture and, uh, you know, just trying to, um, you know, foster that and, and yeah. make it, uh, build the relationships as much as you can, even though, you know, you're split, uh, different ways. Typically, you know, I would teach at each site two days a week. So the kids would get uh, a 30 minute, um, music lesson twice a week. Uh, with COVID, it's been a little bit of a challenge but we've been really flexible with scheduling um, and trying to make things work distance learning wise um i've actually kind of combined you know being virtual at a platform you can have kids from different schools in the same yeah. <laughs> same class virtually so that's been kind of cool um of i i did, early on in the school year i grouped them by instrument rather than by school so i could have a, a you know a brass class with
0: oh you know, brilliant from
1: all three classes so that was one way of um you know just trying to be creative with the schedule and, and giving the kids the best experience possible
0: and so you're teaching band and orchestra in all three schools
1: correct i teach band at three sites and strings at two
0: strings that's right so um i cannot i i am sure that everyone listening You know, elementary uh, is the time where you're kind of, you know, you think about like a non-COVID year, you're going around maybe the end of third grade, trying to get kids excited about the instruments, maybe doing a little informants, if you will, and saying, all right, this is what the flute sounds like, this is what, so, I mean, I cannot imagine the impact that COVID you know, the potential impact that COVID had on your program, because how on earth do you get, like, you know, do do your students start in, like, fourth grade or strings in third? How Where do they start?
1: Typically, um, our students start in fourth grade, and in fourth grade, they can choose a string instrument. Fifth or sixth grade, uh, they can choose a string or a band instrument. All right. Um, This year, with COVID, um, we opted to keep the fourth graders in a general music class. So with my fourth graders this year, You know, I've been doing a lot of um, music theory activities, learning how to read music, um, music appreciation. We've studied, you know, different composers, um, all sorts of fun activities like that. Um, And then the fifth and sixth graders that I have this year, they continued on the same instrument that they played last year. So I didn't allow any switching. You know, they'd already started a foundation on their instrument. So just wanted to really give them the opportunity to continue that.
0: So the thinking, which I, by the way, Lindsay, I think is brilliant, is that rather than trying to start kids uh, online, which I cannot imagine for the life of me, how on earth that would work, you made the kind of very smart decision to say, let's pause and let these kids get instruments in their hand when we're back. I mean, I'm I'm so... You know, have you, Modesto, obviously California was hit pretty hard, just like New York um, early on. I mean, how have you, what is your, uh, like, what happened? Did the kid, did you shut down in March of last year and are are you open now? You know, tell us what, how, what impact COVID has had on your program.
1: Correct. Uh, We shut down about March of last year and have been distance learning since. Um, It's been tough on the program, you know, as far as, as numbers go, Um, I want to say I had close to two to 300 kids in my program this year. And then maybe a third of that, I'm sorry, the last year. And then this year, about a third of that, but you know, the kids that I do have are really dedicated. Um, they're excited to do it. Um, and I feel like the general music with the fourth graders is going to help prepare them. You know, hopefully we can get them started, um, on an instrument next year. But I, I feel like the skills that we're doing in general music are getting them ready for yep. that.
0: So how, are you in person now or are you still virtual?
1: I am still virtual. Um, right. Our district did go back, uh, starting out with hybrid and then um, to four days a week. So everybody is virtual on Wednesdays. Um, due to a couple of different factors at my school and just you know, having some underlying health conditions, uh, my principals decided to keep me virtual. us and so we've been um, making it work the best that we can
0: yeah no it's uh, I think you know I've heard all this year I've been interviewing people and everyone's got everyone has had their you know challenges and nobody ever was uh, prepared or or taught on uh, you know how on earth to do this but um, I'm wondering if you can like envision a quote-unquote, I mean, here in New York today, the governor's announced that, um, you know, everything's gonna be back to normal soon in terms of the restrictions. Are you hoping to be back in person for the fall? Uh,
1: That's the district's plan and our hope. Uh, Right. I imagine we will be back in person with lots of health and safety protocols in place.
0: Right. So then my question to you, and, and I, I couldn't agree more with you because I tell you, if they open my office uh, you know, next week, I'd be like, ah, I don't think I'm going to be going back, but um you know what do you what do you predict the impact will be over the next like let's say the 2021-22 school year you've lost you know 50 to 66 percent of your program um what do you think uh this upcoming school year is going to do and and what what challenges are you kind of preparing for
1: you know i think the kids are really going to want music when we go back i i feel like it's something that they need that they crave Uh, And I don't feel that recruitment is going to be too big of an issue for me. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, the kids will be ready to go and and just as excited as ever. I think in any year, it's important for kids to hear what they can become. You know, if they hear a great sound, they go, wow, I want to play that instrument. I want to sound like that um and so that's that's kind of my feeling from a recruitment standpoint is just opening up their ears exposing them to as many sounds as possible yep um and just making it a positive experience for them
0: yeah i mean i couldn't agree more with you lindsay i think that um while everyone every music program in the country i think probably took a hit this year um it's it I always I am the eternal optimist and the glass half full kind of person and I think that it's an opportunity to kind of completely revamp rethink and like you know revitalize the program and there's something inherently um you know basically the only thing that would motivate me is like all right I've been I've been I've been kicked here and now I'm going to try and and rebuild this and see how quickly and how, you know, how much better I can make the music program on the other side of this. I'm hoping you're in the same kind of uh, mindset because it's very easy to be like, nah, I give up, I've had it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think staying optimistic is important, you know, not just for your own sake, but for your students. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) If we keep a positive mindset and, you know, I think that's contagious.
0: So, um, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, we, we know that your fourth graders are doing kind of, you know, music fundamentals, music reading, music theory, what does a typical elementary band lesson, um, you know, with you teaching look like in this virtual world, why don't you describe like, you know, the, the, the typical lesson do you have Pri- you know, do you, are you doing your small group lessons, like you said, by instrument? And then are you doing any type of ensemble? How are you getting music to the kids? Just uh, paint that picture for us.
1: Um, our students use a couple different platforms. So we have Schoology, which is, you know, where all of our assignments, everything, their courses are, are through Schoology. Yep. Uh, we have music first technology that our students use. So I'll assign, you know, songs out of their method book in um, practice first for them to work on. Um, we also have our, our class meetings in Microsoft Teams. Um, so it's lots of, it's kind of a combination of different technologies that we use. Um, as far as a typical lesson goes, you know, um, I've had to adjust my pacing quite a bit. You know, in a normal year, we, we might get through a whole page in the method book in a virtual lesson It's I, I've been very selective of here's our goal, here's the song that we're working on uh, and just very targeted um, objectives.
0: And now are the students, because I, you know, again, I can't imagine being nine years old or 10 years old and sitting with a trumpet in front of a Chromebook with a teacher who's basically on the screen saying, all right, let me hear you play. Like, what, what are the kind of challenges that you've noticed, you know, teaching instrumental lessons over, a, over, a, uh, you know, over the web?
1: I mean there's a lot of technology challenges um attendance and motivation has definitely been a challenge mm-hmm. um and just you know seeing the challenges that the kids have at home you know finding a place where they can play their instrument yep um has been a big thing and so you know i think i try to adapt my lessons to where okay if you're you know brother or sisters at home and sleeping and you can't play your trumpet today you can still participate in in some way and i think that's important is regardless of what the kid is able to do you know still making it fun and making it engaging for them
0: yeah no I, I, absolutely i i think that um that's one of the biggest challenges you have to be caring and empathic as an educator to the situation that the students are you know you as a teacher myself as a as a parent and a teacher uh, you know there's a lot of stress. This whole thing has been super stressful. Um, and a lot of sadness and pain and all that stuff that we don't really like talking about. But you know, when a kid trying to get them to be motivated, and then their sister says, you know, be quiet, I, I'm trying to do a science lesson in this room. And all I hear is you playing the saxophone. You know, I think you have to be flexible. And you have to kind of give the kids a lot more leeway than you normally would.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I kind of take them where they are. And, just try to make them better you know
0: <laughs> yeah and and i know this is a, a possibly a silly question but I, i'm always you know let's say that how many how big would a, a typical group of your students be that you'd be teaching at any one time uh, online
1: uh it can be anywhere from maybe eight kids to about 20 25
0: right so the the question i have which is i It was a, I think it was a dream of mine when I was, I spent my whole career um, basically as a middle school band director, general music, I taught strings as well. And if I ever had the ability in live classroom situations to hit the mute button, I would have been thrilled. So I, you know, are the kids, this is the kind of nitty gritty logistics that I just find fascinating. Are the kids all muted and one unmutes at a time or are they, because of the, you know, the kind of latency, the lag in audio, um, I can't imagine that you could be teaching all 20 unmuted at the same time, is that right?
1: Right, playing all together unmuted, we, we found out very quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah, it does not <laughs> it's, work. It's just
1: utter chaos, yeah. you know, there's a lag time, it doesn't, doesn't work. Um, typically what I'll do if we're rehearsing music is um, they'll play along with me on mute, Yep. and then I'll take turns of, okay, who'd like to play a solo, and... They'll they'll take turns leading, and now they they know they know how to count off one, two, ready, Maybe. go, and then they'll be the leader. The other students play along, and and, and things like that. Um, we also do a lot of uh, independent things where I'll get them started. We we do the as you would say the nitty gritty of the piece or the the lesson, and then you know they can go off on their own if they get it. They go work on it, record it in Flipgrid or Music First, whichever. Um, Program we're using at that that, for that lesson, and then you know I'm in the meeting for the kids who are having tech trouble or needing help with the fingers or the notes, you know. And then I let the ones who who've got it like I'm ready to record or I just need to practice it. Okay, go work on that.
0: Yeah, it's great. That's great. I can't. You know, again, there's no manual. Nobody taught us how to do this. I'm sure a lot of it was just by trial and error. And like we have to make this work. So um, my next question, then I'll move on, is um, to the, you, you mentioned music first, so why don't you tell um, folks, uh, you know, what software are you using there in Modesto, and, and maybe some type of activities that you're doing with the kids?
1: Sure. Uh, our elementary music students have access to um, Practice First and Sight Reading Factory, mm-hmm. so I'll use both of those in my in my program. Um I think it's great because the students can uh, get immediate feedback. You know, they have that that percentage or that score. I have one student who's like, Oh my goodness, that's the first time I've gotten over an 80 and they're so excited. Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's almost like a video game for them of can yep. you achieve a higher score? You know, beat your score for next time. Um, and then sight reading factory. Uh, We do some whole class things, Um, as you said, you know, when you have all of them at once and uh, they're all playing different instruments, I'll I'll oftentimes put on uh, just the rhythm only uh, component of Sight Reading Factory and just say pick your favorite note, any note, um, and we're just working on this, on reading rhythms.
0: And it's, and and the the kids are, are they on their, like, what devices are they using? Is it Chromebooks or are they using their phones or a little bit of each?
1: It's a mix. You know, I surveyed my students at the beginning of the year to see, A, what devices they were using, and B, what their internet connection was like. Uh, And it really varied quite a bit. You know, the majority of students are using school Chromebooks. Um, Our district did provide devices for every student, uh, as well as access to internet if they did not have that. So um, that's been a real plus this year.
0: Right. So then the, the next question is all about, like, how you got either interested or, you know, started using technology. So the question is, is it COVID that made you do this, uh, you know, that, that said, all right, I have to do this? Or were you interested in technology uh, previously, specifically for teaching music?
1: Um, you know, I've always had an interest in technology. Um, and I have tried it on a smaller level, incorporating technology in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the issue that I'd always had was the students didn't have their own devices. So right. if you're familiar with the cows or the computers on wheels,
0: yep. <laughs> <laughs> these
1: giant clunky carts, where so they have the laptops that may or may not be fully charged all the time <laughs> or working, uh, and the kids can't take them home. It's only in the classroom. So that kind of limited you know, what I was able to do um, yep. in previous years. Uh, it's been, you know, really cool that the kids have their own device, um, and access to all these different softwares. Um, and so, I mean, yes, I think technology this year has a lot of come out of necessity, but I, I do feel like the technology is something that will hopefully stay and, and be, uh, able to make it my teaching even more effective.
0: Yeah. Cause the, the, the idea of, um, I mean, when I, I've been using technology since I'm a little kid, um, and I've always been fascinated with how computers could help music teachers. And for better or for worse, uh, you know, March 13th here in New York, March 13th, 2020, made every single music teacher, at least in my area, go, okay, now I'll try this music technology thing that, that all these people have been talking about for years. So it's encouraging to hear that you're, you know, that you're considering to, you know, use it after because it really does have the ability of reaching the kids when they're not with you. That's my whole point of Music First when I designed it was to, um, and and really technology, it it doesn't have to have my brand on it. it. You know, it's just a way for the kids to continue learning, continue practicing when they're not with you. Because I know, and I'm sure you, especially at the elementary level, you just simply don't have enough time with the kids They're, You know, you're either pulling them out of some other class or they're there before school or, you know, it's or on their lunch recess. So um, it's encouraging to hear. And so you do think you'll use some type of technology in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great, like, as you said, it's a great way to have them bank additional time on their instrument. And, and not only that, but just for self-assessment or reflection, you know, they can play a recording of themselves and they know, you know, like, oh, I want to try that again, you know, we're working on a, a virtual concert project right now and I have a, a cello student who's already submitted, you know, a handful of recordings and he goes, wait, no, wait, I'm going to do it again, I can do I know I can do it better.
0: Right. <laughs> so That's do- really cool to see. Are you doing any of those virtual ensembles or is the district making you do that kind of thing?
1: no the the district has you know left it very open to us um but uh i didn't do a virtual concert uh in the winter i did more of a recital type program, just because i you know being able to get everybody to play consistently at the same tempo and recordings uh
0: very hard (laughs) would be very
1: difficult at the elementary level i thought you know i'm going to try it for the spring um because I've gotten more experience with technology and using Adobe Premiere Pro. Oh, you know, wow.
0: Like, okay. That's heavy-duty like, software.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's a learning experience and, and kind of neat for me, too. But uh, also, you know, my kids have gotten a lot better about being able to stay with a metronome or stay with a backing track uh, and, and play in
0: time. Yeah, they're improving. That's great.
1: Yeah, it's definitely way better than where we were, you know, by the time of the winter um, recital we right. were at. So I, I figured it was worth a try. You know, the kids will have something cool to remember this time by.
0: <laughs> yep, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree. So that so instead of a instead of a spring concert, you're going to try some type of virtual performance.
1: Correct. Yeah, each student is recording. Um, uh, with a backing track, and then I'll take all of their individual videos and piece them together in Adobe Pro.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's a lot of work, but I'm sure the kids will appreciate it. I'm sure the parents will as well. It's been a very bizarro year, so those those virtual performances. while extremely time consuming, uh, you know many feel that they're completely worth the effort with the final product.
1: Yeah, the kids are excited and the recordings I've gotten so far have actually been quite good, so I'm, and it, I'm it,
0: optimistic. And it's one of those things where you can mix it in uh, in some piece of software and try to take the kids with the wrong notes and pull their volume level down a little bit and pull the, you know, the kids are playing it right, push them up a little bit in the mix. So you can really kind of make it sound um, as good as your best players, I guess. Technology yeah, can do miraculous things
1: there's quite a bit that can be done with editing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So um, what kind of training did you get? Did your district offer you training or, or was it through music first? You got some training. I'm not sure if I did the training in your district. I, I, to be honest, the entire uh, summer and fall of last year is a blur. Um, So how, what type of training did you get in general or um, Uh, district?
1: has a really good PD program. They offered a lot of, you know, tech trainings on Kami, uh, Flipgrid, uh, Padlet, um, number of ed tech tools, Nearpod, right. you know, I, I've done a lot of uh, webinars through our district. Uh, as far as music first goes, um, I think it was Marjorie that that offered it.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Um, I actually opted to do the, the course for credit through Seattle Pacific. Oh, very cool. So I did the full course. Um, that's
0: how Marjorie knows you. That's right. Yeah. Correct. She, she, you were a star student. She was like, oh, my God, you have to meet uh, you have to meet Lindsay. So that's great. So, yeah. So you feel like now you've got everything. And then and then, you know, we'll see what the next coming year brings. That'll You know, I think every like I'm sure like everyone, um, let's hope that all the health uh, protocols are there in place. But I, I'm sure you're just as excited to get back to the classroom as the kids are. Absolutely. So, a um, couple more questions for you, Lindsay. Uh, the the first one is um, on the advice front, um, and so my th- this is kind of a two prong question because COVID basically, you know, changes everything. What advice would you have for teachers right now um, with who are trying to get elementary school kids and technology together? And then, what advice would you have? Um, for uh for you know when you're back in person um just what 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 advice would you have to other elementary band teachers string teachers in your same position um i think i would just say
1: keep an open mind to new technologies and no matter what you try you know even if it crashes and burns still do what you can to make it the most positive experience you can for your students you know i think success breeds success so even if it's something it's a simple small accomplishment that's going to lead to even greater success in the future.
0: I totally agree with you. It's, uh, it's um, yeah, you just got to try. You just got to do it. Got to jump in with both feet. And, and uh, I think I, I, I would imagine if I interviewed some of your students, they would all say how much they appreciate, you know, all the work that you've done as well as all their other teachers in those schools. Because I know I'm um, speaking as a parent now, when I hear, Um, My daughter, um, I have one in college, one in high school. My high school age daughter just went back to in-person instruction last week for the first time. So she's been out for over a year and she just went back. And I sat there from September to December with a lump in my throat every day listening to these incredible teachers who've had like you know and just like you that have, that have had a completely bizarre obstacle put in their way you can't teach in person and they're they're killing it they're doing the very best they can and, and I think that you Lindsay as well as every other music teacher in America you know as well as every teacher deserve a you know a, a, you know a hero's tribute at some point there should be a ticker tape parade for teachers in my opinion Um, but I think also that the people that would be cheering the loudest would be the parents and the students of your district.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, parent communication has been really strong this year, um, as far as attendance and things go, you know, if kids don't log on, I just, I have all the parents in my Google voice. I just send them a text and there comes the kid. There you (laughs) go. That's cool. So I think I've been, you know, very in touch with the parents this year and that's been neat. Um, and the kids have been really patient with the whole distance learning experience you know um and i i ask them for feedback of did you like this technology what did you think about this and they're they're brutally honest right now i'm sure
0: <laughs> i'm sure but, they are
1: but uh it is okay you know for for you asking about other music teachers um advice for them i mean i would say it's okay to make mistakes you know there's it's just like music we strive for perfection but you know we just try and do our best and it gets better each time and you learn from those mistakes and and take off from there
0: excellent excellent advice so Lindsay my last question for you is about the magic wand and that is um, if you could change something either about music first or technology in general with your teaching now that you've been using it pretty intently intensely for over a year uh, what would it be?
1: Uh, there's a couple things as far as technology overall. I would say just if we could improve the experience for students who have you know low bandwidth, poor internet connection. Mm-hmm. So many of my students like have multiple siblings, and so when there's a lot of people on their Wi-Fi, um, sometimes it's a challenge for them to use you know more than one program at once. If they're yep. using our Teams meeting, and then I ask them to open up music first, they'll go, "It's glitchy, it's glitchy," and um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily anything to do with the device or the, the, the program. It's just, it's too much going on on their internet. Yep. Um, absolutely. That would be the biggest thing I think is just how can we improve that experience for those students? Um, as far as music first goes, um, I, I know some of these things are already in the works cause I have, uh, sent multiple emails. Oh, <laughs> good. Oh, tech good. support team's probably tired of hearing from me, but, um, it would be really cool to have a practice first uh, uh, available for percussion um, and uh, expanding that library um, as well as um, what would be really helpful is to have a metronome and demo track option to play at the same time you know i think it's important for the the kids to hear their part but also have that metronome going in the
0: background of that track would be nice. very cool so the metronome is being built um i in fact it was supposed to be done so i'll go and check with the developers the the percussion thing you know our, our good friends at smart music are in the same kind of boat as we are it's extremely difficult from a technology standpoint to assess non-pitched um sounds um we're working on it um the the our our amazing programmers are trying they're working on it right now and as as i'm sure the folks at smart music are as well um it's just a really really difficult not to crack as they say it's it's very hard but we we did add the recording but yeah now we we're going to be spending all summer adding more uh percussion content so i hear you loud and clear lindsay and i promise uh your comments will be uh passed on uh to the to the powers that be to make sure that we get those done for you
1: excellent thank you
0: well Lindsay, it's been a really nice chatting with you um i wish when does your school year end out there in modesto uh
1: may 27th
0: so yeah it's always wild like we're here in new, in new york we end in the very end of june so like what do you guys start in like august or something
1: we do.
0: We start mid-August. All right. That that. And do you like that? I mean, because it's weird. I've always had this, like, we start after Labor Day and we go to the very end of June. Um, there's something so nice to hear, like Memorial Day, we're done. I, I would just love it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I don't mind the August start. I think right. it's great. Um, it gives us a little bit more time, you know, from an elementary perspective of thinking about your winter concert, you know, right. it gives us That's a little right. bit more time to prep
0: for that. Yeah, so. absolutely. But anyway, Lindsay, it's been great to chat with you. Great getting to know you and uh, I wish you all the best for the rest of your school year. And, and I hope everything works out on, on all levels uh, for a back to school uh, where you're, you know, your kids are back and you're, and you're making music in person again.
1: Likewise. Thank you very much for having me.
0: You got it. Take care.
1: You too.
0: Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.